This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back with more Mark Grody and Alyssa Bergamini on 670 The Score. But I, I got to narrow it down to one bond. What? The greatest player. He's the greatest player to ever put on a unit. And anytime anybody tries to argue about the Barry Bonds, uh, oh, he's not the, you know, there's a lot of, th- oh, he took this, he took that. Well, nobody's, he never tested positive for anything. Yeah, you can speculate all you want, but you can speculate about everybody that's ever played this game. The bottom line is, what did you do? And I've never seen anyone dominate like him. And if anybody argues, I figure I've got a pretty damn good story to debate you with. A, a guy of his generation, Ray Boone, about one of the, proudest men I've ever been around, especially when it comes to his generation, not only his generation life-wise, but his generation of Major League Baseball. He truly would fight to the death that his players were better than the current day players. And the fact that he gave that up on the last few days of his life speaks volumes to me. Welcome back in Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Mark Brody. And Alyssa Bergamini here tonight. We got one more hour to make it happen. And then we are out of here. Calls coming up later 312 644 6767. He is the host of the Brett Boone podcast, which is distributed right here on the Odyssey Networks. He is, of course, a former Major League Baseball player, all star, MVP runner up with the Seattle Mariners. He is Brett Boone. He joins us on the score now. Brett, what's going on, man? How you doing, Mark? I'm doing good. Long, long five days, but but a fun five days. So, oh yeah, I'm, I'm back, and uh, that was quite a that was quite a uh, windfall. Let's call it that a windfall. Yeah. So you were you were there for all the festivities in Seattle because of, as I was just talking about your connection with the team amongst other things too. You also were, is it right? Were you the MVP of the celebrity softball game? I saw the one home run on your Instagram (laughs) off of, uh, off of Jenny Finch. Did you earn MVP amongst all those other celebrities? I did. Can you believe it? Yeah. You know, I I went on the field (laughs) And I, they started interviewing me because I was leading off. And, I'm, you know, you, you go through the typical. Back in 2001, you were in the home run derby. Now you're in the celebrity softball game. And, <laughs> and, and the first thing first thing I thought was, this sounded like a really good idea two months ago. Uh-huh. And, and now I'm having second thoughts. We had a pretty good crowd. You know, probably 30, 20, 30,000 people. And I'm thinking, these guys expect me to hit a homer, but I'm not that 30-year-old. Um <laughs> So Mike Cameron, kind of my partner in crime for the week, uh, he was on the team with me. He says, Booney, what are you going to do? I said, well, I kind of have to hit a homer, don't I? And he started laughing. He goes, yeah, you have to. So I said, well, I guess I'll I'll be the guinea pig. I'll test out how hard the balls are, if the bats are good. And uh, 
my first bat, I hit a homer, and I came in, and Cammy's like, "Yeah, you did." It. I said, "All right, Cammy, the ball's going pretty good, so you can you can have at it." He hit one his next bat. He hit one his first bat to left center, and uh, off we went. It was. I tell you what, I was surprised because you you know what you're going to get from the athletes, pretty much. I was watching some of these hoopsters that were with us, and they had pretty good swings. Young guys, strong. But you never know what you're going to get from the singer, songwriters, from the YouTuber, from the influencers. I'll tell you, they were good. They were yeah. good. And uh, it was entertaining. We finished 21-19. And um, I had a, a – sometimes you go into these events and, and you just do it. And, and you do it and you put a smile on your face and you get through it. I actually had a good time. And it was that, – that, that kind of kicked off my week and uh, – you know, meet and greets here and a lot of a lot of appearances, but uh, I got to interact with the fans a lot. Uh, went on on the field for the home run derby, talked to some of the current guys, you know, and, and this is all about you, you don't appreciate this stuff until you're done playing and you're removed. When we're playing this game, uh, it, it's such a stress ball on, mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Yes. We're grinding. And right. A lot of times we don't get to enjoy what we got, what we get to do for a living. It's not until you retire and you step away a little bit and, and you get to see it from a different set of lenses that you really appreciate it. And, and, and I had a really good time just interacting with the players from the past, you know, the Raleigh fingers who were playing in the late sixties, early seventies. And then the current guys I was getting to play with, I got to get reunited with that 2001 team and, and uh, we got introduced before the actual all-star game, we got to hang out with Lou and, and Jeff Nelson <laughs> oh, and, man. and uh, Freddie name. Garcia oh. before the game. Oh. That's a lot of, that was a lot of fun. And I think it's stuff you take it for granted when you're playing. And then all of a sudden uh, you look at it from 54 year old eyes and you go, wow, how, how lucky was I to do what I did for a living forge these relationships. And now I get to go, be a part of the festivities. And I think I enjoyed it a lot more as an ex player than I did when I was actually playing. I definitely appreciated it when I was playing, but now you look at it from, from, from this point of view and really special humbling. And uh, I had a great time. I was, uh, like I said, exhausting, but well worth it. And, uh, but I'll be honest, I'm glad I'm home now. Brett, I want to ask you um, about Zach Levine. I cover the Chicago Bulls here with six, seven, oh. the score. And he was also part of the celebrity softball game, and he also crushed a home run. So were you able to interact with Zach? And if so, what was it like? Zach was great. You know, he was one of the guys. And you never know what you're going to get from these guys. And, and uh, you know, from the other sports, and, I, and especially the current players, they're young. And I went up and introduced myself. I said, Zach, uh, Brett Boone, he goes, I know who you are. He said, I grew up watching you. You know, that's cool when you can relate to not only another sport, but but someone from that generation, a different right. generation, like my kids' generation. And they and they just give you a little bit of a, hey, I grew up watching you. That's that's really cool. That's what I'm saying. That's that's what makes it worth it. And, and I was watching Zach get loose, and I said, you can hit. And he goes, yeah, I was pretty good. You know, I could hit in high school. And he's young and he's big and he's strong. And I'll tell you what, he was dangerous with that bat. He, he, I hit a couple homers, but the one he hit, I mean, he hit a bomb. He probably hit the farthest homer of the tournament. So he was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun being around those guys, those, those young guys that are in their prime and, and, and getting to share the field with them. I, I had a really good time. I was, I was particularly impressed with Zach. 
Were you – you got me thinking. You mentioned dropping some of these names like Freddie Garcia and, and Mike Cameron. Mike Cameron, who I think he started with the White Sox, but he, he's in yeah. a Seattle uniform. Were you on the, the team with Mike Cameron when he hit – I believe he had a four-homer game at White Sox Park. Were you, at, were you on that team? Were you in the building that day? I was – come on. Come on. Don't, <laughs> come on. Yes, I was. He, he, made, he made me feel bad that day. Really? You know, I only hit two and he hit four. <laughs> See, I don't even remember you hitting home runs. I just remember the four Cameron hits. Are you serious? I'm sorry, that? man. I thought, you were, I thought you were setting me up. Okay, let me let me cue you in a little bit. Okay, here. yeah, clue us There's in. There's only been one time in the history of Major League Baseball since 18-whatever-you-want-to-go-back. Right. Only one twosome has ever hit back-to-back homers twice oh. in the same inning, and we did it that oh game. Oh, my God. Shame Cammy on went me. In, Cammy went on to hit four, uh, but we back-to-back in the first. I, I went deep. He went deep. We batted around. I came up again. I hit a homer. Cameron hit a homer. So it was like 10 nothing in the first inning. Oh my God. And then my next at bat, I punched out. Cammy hit another homer. My next at bat, I punched out. Cammy hit another homer. My next at bat, I walked. I'm standing on first base with Pauly Canerco. And uh, we were blowing him out. And Cameron already had four homers, something that's been done like, I don't know, 12 times in the history of, the, of Major League Baseball. And I turned to Pauly, and, and it's kind of an unwritten rule. You know, when you're up 13 to 2 or 50, whatever the score was, I don't remember the score, you, you don't rub it in. You don't swing 3-0. And I said, Pauly, if there's ever an exception to the rule, if Cammy swung 3-0 right here, would you be mad? He goes, I wouldn't be mad one bit. Wow. And I knew I, Cammy got the 3-0. I knew he was going to take the pitch. He took it right down the middle. 3-1, he fouls it straight back. I remember it like it was yesterday. I'm standing on first base. And 3-2, he takes a great swing, hits a bullet to right field. The crowd goes crazy. I know it's not a home run. You just have that kind of you, – you know what's a homer and what isn't when you're on the bases. And I knew it was going to be close. It was going to kind of tease the crowd a little bit, and he, he lined out to the to the warning track in right field, probably 10 feet of hitting his fifth, which had never been done before. But uh, I remember after the game, I'm sitting there in the clubhouse, and, of course, Cammy's getting – you know, the media's around Cammy's yeah. he just he just made history and I'm sitting in my locker, two home runs, four <laughs> ribbies, and, and it's like I went over seven. So uh I, I tease him about it and I say, Cammy, one day I'm gonna flip the script. You know, when we get old, I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna be the one to hit four and you hit the two. I yeah, I don't think I don't see any celebrity softball MVPs for Mike Cameron. Okay? That's right. That's okay. right. And I t- I told Ichiro, I said, Hey, that's making up for that 01 MVP trophy that each hero got my teammates stole from me. Hey, what did you do with that big belt that you won from being MVP? I'll tell you, you know, really cool, real cool story about that. You know, we go around at these events and, and especially for me in Seattle, I had a lot of meet and greets, a lot of appearances and you go around and, and you get that perma smile going because you're taking so many pictures with so many people. Well, after I got that belt, I took the belt with me, and uh, it was like having a puppy. Yeah, everybody wanted, everybody wanted a picture with the belt. So the belt was cool. It's it's legit. It's like WWE. It's yeah, heavy and yeah, it was it was really neat. So uh, yeah, I got the belt. I'm rocking the belt. We got a lot of people in Seattle who got pictures rocking the belt. It, it was a good time. So I want to ask you, going back to 2001 All Star Game, and fast forward now to 2023 back in Seattle. 
What is the biggest change that you've seen in the growth of baseball from that time until now? And, you know, whether it's highlighting the all-star game or just the game in general. Well, we're sitting there. Obviously a lot's changed. The players are different now. I I, I noticed the the size of the players. You know, I was Mm -hmm. like, I mentioned earlier, I was on the field for the home run derby and I'm talking with some of the current players and, and just the size of them. I don't remember us being that big. Um, but obviously, the the game's changed a lot. Um, the 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 way they're put on, we've always put them on at a at a high level, first class events. You know, I remember back in 2001, Seattle rolled out the red carpet. They did a great job. But it's kind of a different level now of entertainment. You know, it, it's like we go from one event to the other, and in the middle, they're having a concert in the middle of the field on a stage. The next thing you know, the stage is gone, and the home run derby guys yeah. are are popping out of a, a another contraption that was made for them. So it's just a it's just a higher level of entertainment and, and really cool. I mean, kind of 2023. Uh, other than that, the game's the game. You know, it's 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 as much as it changes, it stays the same. Uh, in 2021, or I'm sorry, in 2001, they didn't have all the extra events next door at the Seahawks stadium, Lumen field where we did a lot of our activities. I went over there for a couple of functions and I went inside and the interaction and the technology that these fans have to kind of sit there and they can get their photo taken, you know, hitting BP and doing this and doing that really cool stuff. Uh, fans walking around everywhere. They it's the, the draft was set up at Lumen field and they filled the, the, the football stands with, with fans for the draft where MLB was set up announcing the picks and, and the commissioner Manfred coming out, he's getting booed. That, that there's just kind of what you do at the draft, you know, no matter what sport you're, uh, you're covering for the draft, but it was just really cool. Seattle's always done a great job. I'm, I'm a little biased. I'm a little partial because that city's been so good to me, but just walking around town, seeing the excitement, Julio Rodriguez getting to be in, you know, getting to be in the home run derby. I got to do that in 2001. The ovation they gave him, they blew the roof off. Uh, I've always told people, because uh, I was fortunate enough to play there in the early 2000s, when that place was rocking. It, it, I felt like a beetle every night when I walked out of the, I, I came out of the dug, dugout. You know, it was 47 strong, and it didn't matter if it was a Monday night against the last place team. That was the early days of Safeco Field, now T-Mobile. But, it was just electric every single night. I know Seattle's capable of that. It's just you got to put a consistent winner on the field. If you do that, those fans out there will come support you. And uh, I, I just had a great time. It was first class all the way. I think they did a great job. I think the players, as usual, put on a great performance uh, for everybody. The celebrity softball game, I'm telling you, I've heard. It was my first one I played in. Uh-huh. But from what I heard, a lot of the JoJo Siwa, who my, <laughs> who my kids know, she was telling me, she's like, Brett, you know, I've played in a few of these, and, and uh, this was by far the best one. We have really good wow. players. So the guys that have done it before, it was pretty cool getting to, getting to do that. And uh, so I think, I think we, we kind of turned it out for the, for the celebrity softball game. And uh, the home run derby was great. Vladimir won. Julio put on a heck of a show. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, it was good all around. Home run for, for, for baseball. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely an awesome show all around everything involved. You know, we're talking to uh, Brett Boone, famous for only hitting two home runs in Mike Cameron's four home run game in 2001. Also famous for finishing runner up to MVP to Ichiro. But he also, in his uh, retired life, 
He is hosting the Brett Boone podcast. He is on Twitter at the Boone twenty nine. I also recently heard you. We heard the clip coming in. Our uh, mutual friend Dan Levy. He was the former producer of the Brett Boone podcast. Now living the high life. He's got his own podcast, the Barguments Podcast. And I thought it was interesting what you were talking about with Barry Bonds. The reason that it caught my attention is not for not to open up the controversy of Barry Bonds and all that. We could do that on another right. day. But there's so many, and you may have seen it on national broadcast this year. Guys that have covered baseball for for 40 years. Um, talking about Ken Rosenthal was the one who kind of inspired me on on this line of question. Ken Rosenthal said, no doubt about it, Shohei Otani is the best player I have ever seen play baseball. So I thought it was interesting that your hands down Barry Bonds is the best player that's that's ever played baseball. And I, I thought it was refreshing because it's like, really, like, are we? Like, I get it. Like, like Otani is incredible. But is this just a momentary thing where we're caught up in Otani and now we're just going to forget about the, the rest of the great players that have played the game? Well, I think there's a difference between Bonds and Otani. Otani, Bonds, the traditional baseball player, us mortals that just play one way at the highest level. You know, we, we haven't had somebody in football play quarterback and defensive back in the same game. Right. We're seeing that version of, of it in Major League Baseball. I'm talking hands down offensively, all around prowess. There's still, Otani's not even close to Barry Bonds, as great as he is. Bonds is in a separate category from everybody else. In my opinion, I think you ask players from uh, the last 40 years, if you had a poll amongst players, his teammates, his his peers, guys he played against, I think overwhelmingly would be 95% of the answer would be Barry Bonds and it's not even close. Mm-hmm. That being said, what Shohei Otani's doing unconventionally, it's never been done. I didn't think I'd ever see it with my eyes in my lifetime. It had been discussed in the early 2000s with, with my generation of players. Of You think there's ever going to be a two-generational, I mean, I mean, a two-way player. And the thought process at that time, no, you know, in college, maybe at the Division One level, you could do it. Maybe you could be a relief pitcher and hit. Yeah, but at the big league level, there's, there's too much that goes into playing both ways. We have to, as hitters, what we have to do going into each and every day is, is a lot. And now on the side, you, you've also got to do what the pitchers do because they start every fifth game. So I never thought we'd see a player like that. If you told me we got a player that's going to be kind of a seven-hole hitter in the lineup and maybe a, a fifth starter or maybe a guy that can mop up in the bullpen, I would have believed that. You know, one day, of course, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to progress as life goes on and the athletes are getting better. Yeah, I'd see that one day. But to tell me there's a guy that can go to the mound with Nolan Ryan-type stuff that has no-hitter stuff in his repertoire every fifth day and be leading the league in home runs at the break and be one of the best offensive players in the game. Oh, and by the way, to rub a little salt in your wounds, he'll steal 20 bases too, and he'll do it with a wry smile, which I love. Because I think when he steals a base, he kind of he knows that he's doing something pretty special, something nobody's ever seen before. I think he does it in a very humble way. He's got that that boyish good look, so he's got that charisma too, and he just smiles at the guys watching him, knowing they're kind of in awe of what he's doing. I think he's kind of in awe of what he's accomplishing, mm. but he's having fun doing it, and uh, it's going to be interesting what happens with him. I don't think, I don't think it's going to be a money thing. I think it's going to be six hundred or north of six hundred million dollars. 
going to be, it's going to come down to where does Shohei Otani want to play? And what, what people aren't putting into that equation is as players, we take the venue into consideration. If, if I don't like hitting at a certain place and I'm going to have to spend the next 10 years, I might choose another facility unless the money's overwhelmingly different. But in his case, I don't think it's going to be a money thing. I think you're going to have eight or nine teams lining up with that big money all in the same category. It's going to be where does he want to raise his family? Where does he want to grow up? Where does, Anaheim's a pretty special place, one of my favorite places to hit. Obviously, <laughs> Southern California, the weather's unbelievable. So he's got a lot of things to kind of put around in his mind. He's had unbelievable success in Anaheim. Do you want to mess with that? you know, Or do you want to play out your career where you're comfortable? Who knows? Those are going to be questions that are answered as we go. Artie Marino, the owner of the Angels, he put him on the market a year ago. All of a sudden, he took it off. From what I heard, he took it off because he wanted Shoei Otani. He wanted to retain his his services. Uh, and we'll see. It's yeah. going to be interesting. Somebody's going to get an unbelievable figure, not only on the field, but polarizing off the field as well. The the, the market, marketability of him is unbelievable. Uh, not only the U.S. market, but obviously overseas and in Japan. Uh, somebody's going to get a real awesome player. The only thing I, I worry about as an, if I were an owner right now is, is this too good to be true? How much longer can he keep up this right. level of play yes. on both sides of the ball? Yes. As yes. an owner, I'm nervous to death. Like, Right now, I'm still watching him two years later going, no way he's still doing it at this level. He's that big of a freak. And when I say freak, I mean it in the most uh, (laughs) – daring way. The best way. (laughs) No, the best way, the flattering way. It's like you're a freak. Ken Griffey Jr., one of my favorite players of all time who I played with, I call him all the time, oh, the freak's here. Now, that's not a bad thing. That's No, you're different than – you're an avatar. You're different than the rest of us. Otani's definitely that guy, but uh, it's pretty awesome to watch him play. I feel almost – silly sometimes because I fawn over him so much. I just, I've been on that field a lot and I know how hard it is. And the fact he's making it look this easy, pretty cool to be, to be watching him. One day your kids are going to be able to say, I watched Otani, you know, he's that, he's that big of a difference maker. This is not necessarily a baseball question, but I was just at T-Mobile park uh, in June to see them take on my white Sox, And I was disappointed because they weren't serving the uh, grasshoppers, the toasted grasshoppers, but then I see people at the All Star Game; they were eating them. Have you had any of them, and were they there? <laughs> <laughs> no. As a matter of fact, I've never been in the stand. Or I'm sorry, at T-Mobile Park. I've I've been up. Never been. When I fan. go there usually. I, I go there once. No, I usually go there about once a year, and I spend the time. And I'm usually up in the box with the with all the executives and talking and other players that are in there for whatever the thing may be so i've never eaten the food at t-mobile park in the concession area so okay no i never have had that <laughs> well you need to get on that i mean if you really want do you say how nice the people are there they've embraced you maybe you start eating grasshoppers say, like where the, my grasshoppers like at? the citizens there brett <laughs> Yeah, that city's, city's pretty special. <laughs> hey, real quick here before we let you go. I don't know if you saw this. I just uh, Sean Sears, my producer, our producer, just sent uh, this this text. Do you know that HBO is making a Barry Bonds documentary with the producers from The Last Dance? Oh. Last Dance was great. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought, I don't know if you, how much you guys watched The Last Dance. All I watched it. it. All of it. We needed it. Brett, that was during the pandemic. Like three, four right, times. There were, no right. sports. You guys are in Chicago, oh, too. we you just guys broke are in that thing down, man. That's all we Articles, had. That was our the only news content. Is about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's you all know, we you had. know what I love? You know what I loved about it is 
You know, I, I, I met Michael a few times. Obviously, we played in, in a similar generation. And he was so good. You know, he's the GOAT for a reason. And I, I always loved that. Bringing up Bonds again. Bonds was the GOAT. He was so good. He was so much better than everybody else. He knew it. Everybody knew it. So when he gives you an answer, which would come across maybe as arrogant, it really isn't arrogant because it's the truth. It's really not debatable. You know, and, and I loved Michael's answers. They were candid. They were honest. If you didn't, if you, if you, if you just woke up and you didn't know who Michael Jordan was and you watched his interview, well, that guy's pretty conceited. Well, if you watched him and, and watched his career, it's not conceited. It's just fact. I mean, he was so confident and so sure of what he was saying, but it's indisputable. So I thought that was really cool about the big dance. I've liked all those. I thought Derek Jeter did a great job in his. His wasn't as well received as, as uh, Michael Jordan's in the last dance, but I thought Derek did a wonderful job. You saw a real human side to Derek Jeter. And, and I've always known that Derek's a pro and he's a really good guy. But I, I, I thought the public got to see a side of him where he was joking. He was having a good time. He's got a sense of humor. I thought his was really good, too. I'm really looking forward to see Barry because I, I, I just remember Barry. I, I'll give you one quick story and I'll get out of here. We're at second base. You know, that's where I meet up with Barry, second base. We're just, hey, Barry, what's up? Hey, Booney, how you doing? We intentionally walk him. To lead off an inning, we're winning one to nothing in the ninth inning. We intentionally walk in with nobody on and nobody out. We're putting the tying run on base. Crazy. He, ste- he steals second. I walk over to him, and I, and I hated to say it because I wasn't, I didn't like Barry that back then. Okay. It was early in my career, and I said, "Hey, uh, Barry," I said, "Tell you what, I've seen a lot of things in my life. That's impressive, right there." And you expect how Booney, you know, you expect a, an answer like that back. He turned to me, took his helmet off, he looked at me, and he goes. Shit. Oh, I'm, I can't say that. I'm sorry. He said, shoot. <laughs> yeah, I'd, have, I, I'd, have, I'd have done the same damn thing. Didn't miss a beat. <laughs> and I'm That's looking at awesome. him like, you, you SOB, but I'm thinking in my That's mind, you're, awesome. you're right, man. You're right. You're that good. So That's, awesome. that I'm looking so good. To that. And I remember that. I remember because obviously that was practically a headline because it's so unconventional, obviously. Yeah. Too. <laughs> Like, no, have a have a little humility. Just just make me feel, you know, somewhat that we're we're playing on the same field. But no, I'd have done the same thing, Booney. I'm that good. That's all, he wasn't. That that's good. awesome. By the way, you it seemed like you lacked a little humility on that home run you hit off of Jenny Finch. I saw. What was that little dance you were doing and going you know around third doing? base? A little trot. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Lou Pinella gave me a hard time. Oh, about I bet. It too. I said, <laughs> I said, Skip. I said, you know, when I was playing, that's the last thing I would ever do. Because when I hit a home run, I did a little backflip, but I put my head down, no emotion. But I thought, you know what? I'm 54 years old now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a shout out to the younger generation and the guys that got swag. That's what uh, my kids okay. tell me. I got a little swag, so I uh, did it okay. kind of as a joke, but I uh, just tried to have fun with it because it, it really is the opposite of how I would have done it ever in my life when I was when I was playing for real. All right, really quick, do you, do you have your next guest lined up for the Brett Boone podcast, or is that a work in progress at the moment? Oh, it's a work in progress. But we've got probably, let's see, Monday we'll have Louis Keon, and then we're going to have Big Poppy. I'm going to have Albert Pujols on to talk about nice. last year, that the second half. And then we'll go from there. I'm going to have Jenny Finch on. Better. Uh, Oral Hershiser. And who else am I going to get? I, I don't you know. You should get Zach Levine now, bunch. since now you guys are tight. Oh, yeah. No, Zach Levine, he's going to come on. I'm going to have him on. But, uh, All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, I would like we got to... a bunch, but 
I'm, I'm just kind of decompressing right now and, and, and totally. I forget who I'm having on, but those guys for sure. All right, man. Thank you so much Thank for you, coming on. Always appreciate it, Brett Boone. Thanks, man. That, guys, I appreciate it. Yep. Thanks. Thank Take care. you. Again, that is uh, Brett Boone, the former major leaguer of the Brett Boone podcast, and you can catch him on Twitter at Boone29. That was What good, a guy. Really good stuff. He had, I, a, he had a lot of podcasts that he recorded during the All-Star festivities, so yeah. there's a lot of great guests out there. Yeah, so definitely check it out. I love that that Paul Konerko told Brett Boone and Mike Cameron it's okay to swing on 3-0 yeah, okay. to get that fourth one. That was the part. Maybe that was out there. I don't, I don't know, but that was the first time I heard That's that. That's the first time I heard that, yeah, too. I love picking up little things like that.